Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta, and this evening we're going to talk about a topic that many of you have requested, and that is, what are the benefits of using Macintosh computers? And to join me on the show this evening, we have two very, very knowledgeable gentlemen, First, from Vermont, we have Mr. Tom Frank. Welcome to the show, Tom. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bill. Great to have you here. And also from California, we have Mr. David Kay. Thank you, David, for being on the show this evening. Thank you for inviting me, Dr. Bill. Oh, it's definitely a pleasure. And uh, Dave and I, we go way back when I first got into the field of optometry, I met David, and I, I, I've learned so much about assistive technology from him. But the first thing that I just wanted to discuss this evening is the benefits of the Macintosh computers. Now, I still recall when the Macintosh first came out with computers, uh, probably in the early 80s it might have been. At that time, the screens were so tiny, they might have been a 9-inch screen. It was very, very difficult to use these computers with such a small screen. And for the patients, all the people with low vision, most of them did not want the Macintosh computers simply because of the fact that they had such a difficult time seeing the screen. With the screen being so small, people said, I can't see something with such a small screen. Well, people then started to move over and purchase Windows computers that we're using the Microsoft operating system, and before you knew it, there were larger and larger computer screens that you could connect to your home computer. Before long, they then came out with the flat screen computer monitors, and today it's very, very common for a person to have a screen that is as large as 24 inches. And as all of this was taking place over the 20 to 30 years, more and more and more people with low vision became very, very familiar with using Windows-based computers. I know that at our center, the Center for the Partially Sighted, the only computers that we had in our technology room were computers that ran Windows. And because these computers were so popular, people were developing special software these were software programs that could magnify the text for the person. Then they came out with software programs that would read the text aloud for a person who could not see the screen. Then there were other software programs that would allow a person who read Braille to connect a Braille display to their computer, and they could read what's on the screen by using their fingers in Braille. And as time went on and it became more and more popular, there were just more and more and more programs that were available. And before long, we found that most people with low vision were really using the Microsoft Windows operating systems along with these different programs. Some of the programs that have been very, very popular include these Microsoft, excuse me, the Zoom Text. Zoom Text Magnification Program, which does come also with speech, and that's made by AI Squared. Freedom Scientific came out with their magnification program, which is called Magic. They also 
came out with JAWS, a very, very powerful program that will talk to the user. So if a person has very low vision or is totally blind, they could use their computers very effectively. And GW Micro came out with Window Eyes. In addition to these particular types of programs that would talk to you or magnify the screen, other programs that would scan the page and read it out loud for you came out. So there were so many different types of programs that were coming out available. But things actually did change, and I have seen a dramatic change in the field of low vision over the past five years. What we have really seen is that there are more and more people nowadays that are moving towards the Mac computers. And we then have to ask the question, why would somebody want to buy a Macintosh computer? Here are some of the facts of what we know about the Macintosh computers. Number one, a Macintosh computer generally does cost as much as five to $700 more than a comparable Windows-based computer. So in other words, the Macintosh computer is more expensive. Uh, number two, we know that the Macintosh computers are very, very popular for people who are involved in photography or audio engineering or those who are also doing other types of artistic graphics work. People just really, really love the fact that the Macintosh computer works very good for those scenarios. And then number three, the biggest change that I believe has made more and more people switch to using Macintosh is that Apple and Macintosh together, they were very, very smart in that they incorporated the most popular types of accessibility programs that could be helpful for people who have vision impairment and also people who have hearing problems or other tactile problems. So the first one that they introduced that came standard, free of charge, in the Macintosh computers is a magnification software program. And with this software magnification program, a person could very easily tap a couple buttons and push their finger, and they could then increase the magnification of what a person sees on the screen. You could also change the colors of the background and the text. With a couple of keystrokes, you could then change the background of your screen so that it's black with white letters. And this is a color combination that works very, very well for many people with macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy, retinop uh, retinitis pigmentosa, and other types of retinal disorders. So that was something that I think people really were very, very impressed with. But then later, they also introduced VoiceOver. And VoiceOver is the software program that is also standard, free, with the Mac computer. And with VoiceOver, a person who is totally blind can quickly learn how to use VoiceOver, and the Macintosh computer will say everything that is on the screen, just in the same way that JAWS does it and Window Eyes. So as these changes have taken place, a lot of our patients with low vision, they have inquired about, what do we think about it? 
and we purchase these Macintosh computers, and we have them in our technology room for people to try. And before long, people started to say, this is fantastic, and it is going to actually make my computer more affordable than my Windows computer because I do not have to buy these programs. For example, let's say that you're a person who has low vision, and you also feel that you would need to have the speech output because you can't read for a long time. This is the way that my eyesight was right around 2008. I was legally blind. I still had some vision, so I could look at a diagram or a photograph, but to have the voice output would allow me to read large articles. Now, if I were to buy a PC computer and I then wanted to have the magnification program, let's say that it would be Zoom Text or Magic, but if I wanted the magnification program, that would cost me about $400, $450 for that magnification program. But if I also wanted to read, I wanted to read these articles on the Internet for me or other documents, I would then have to buy JAWS, and JAWS was about $1,000. So in looking at just the price of the software itself, I'm looking at somewhere close to fourteen to $1,500 just for the software. So many patients who are in that type of predicament felt it would be a lot cheaper if I were to buy a Macintosh computer because these programs that I need so desperately, they do come standard. So that was really a major, major turning point in the area of accessibility. But what also happened later was that the Macintosh computers really had some very, very outstanding features that made it extremely unique and special. For example, a person who chose to read in Braille could very easily plug in a refreshable Braille display, and their refreshable Braille display would allow them to type and read in Braille. And that was something that was very, very unique. We later then came to find that the Microsoft operating system would have other types of very, very nice features that were very, very quick and responsive, and the battery life of many of these notebook computers made by Macintosh would outlast those of many of the PC computers. So with all of these things in mind and with time, I feel that Macintosh has done an excellent job in providing the features that people who are partially sighted or people who are legally blind or totally blind, that these features are built inside the computer and a person doesn't have to spend all of that extra money. Now, the other thing that I have been very, very impressed with in recent years, um, I am now on the third Macintosh computer that I've purchased. And just to tell you something, these are all for my family members. My family members, they were all PC lovers, but after fooling around with a Macintosh, they have all made that transition to Mac. But as we have purchased these computers and we have turned them on right from the box, another thing that I found to be extremely helpful is that when you turn it on, there is an auditory tutorial. So it almost assumes that the person who is opening up this computer may be blind and may need this type of auditory feedback, and the tutorial helps you to set up your computer immediately. 
So I thought this was just another really very, very outstanding feature. So at this time, I want to go ahead and I want to introduce Tom Frank. And I want to ask you, Tom, when was it that you made the switch from a Windows-based PC to Macintosh? Well, Dr. Bill, I started in 1985. I bought the original Macintosh Plus with a little 9-inch black and white uh, screen okay. because at that time I sat about an inch from it and used an 8X spheric lens. And because it was high resolution, I was able to see the screen. I'm going to move in. My doggy's barking outside now here, so okay. even though it's low zero. <laughs> It's got a good code. Uh, I used that, and then I used the Mac for a long time until my vision got to the point where I really couldn't use it very well. And and also, at that time, Macs weren't used much at all anymore in business or anyplace else. So I realized I need to, to learn a Windows machine. So being a blinded veteran, I was able to take a kit take advantage of the vet VA's system. I went down to West Haven, got trained on the PC, uh, learned JAWS, learned MAGIC, and now I'm a claims representative at Social Security. So at work, I'm using JAWS and MAGIC. Uh, but at home, I got more and more frustrated because I had a Windows machine at home uh, for several years, I got more and more frustrated, especially if I wanted to open up, uh, update the operating system. Then I had to update JAWS. I had to update Magic. And I got tired of paying $200 every year or two to just op, you know, update the system. So I complained enough so my wife, she got frustrated with me and she just, went on the Apple website and said, your new Mac computer is going to be here in three days. <laughs> hey, that's a great strategy. I think we all should try that. But I know exactly what you mean. To purchase these SMA updates all the time, it, it is very, very expensive. And so, you know, and I went that, and then the Macintosh is just so fantastic that even the major updates, for the software, what, cost you $12 now or something like that? And, of course, they update VoiceOver and the screen enlargement software all at the same time. It doesn't cost you anything. It's built in. Yes, yes, I love that. I think it's so intelligent of them to do that, and it is something that makes it so much more affordable. Now, you know, in your experience, as you've been using both both types of computers, PCs and Macs, have you noticed any difference, Tom, in terms of the quickness or the efficiency of the computers? In other words, can you say that one seems to run faster or quicker? I think the Mac with a voice runs a little bit faster. The disadvantage of the Macintosh, I will say, is most websites out there or optimized for Windows Explorer and the PC side. So I have found it a little bit more difficult to navigate some websites uh, 
with the Mac. And, and how did you get around that? Uh, are you able to use any particular types of tricks that you have to be able to read what's on some of these websites that are not necessarily designed for Macs? May I say that I cheat? <laughs> oh, love, could you come up here a <laughs> second? I, I cheat, and I ask my wife uh, to help me. I'm not ashamed, I'm not afraid to ask for sighted assistance when it's a little bit more helpful. Now, I will say, now that I have my Macintosh and GW Micro, GW, uh, Micro with window eyes, is coming bundled with, uh, and you get a free download now with Microsoft Office. On my yeah. Macintosh, I also have a Windows side, which I haven't used. But from work, we can download for the federal government a, like a $15 Microsoft Office. So I downloaded GW Micro's Windows Eyes the other day. So I'll learn both sides. So just because you have a Macintosh doesn't mean that you're automatically uh, limited just to the Microsoft operating system. You can also load Windows, and now if you have Microsoft Office, GW Windows eyes for free now. Yes, I, I was so surprised to read that bulletin when uh, they did announce that there was going to be this merger, so to speak, with Microsoft and GW Micro. And so what this really means, because I did contact them to really make certain that what I read was accurate, and if one does purchase the Microsoft Office 2010 or a newer version of Microsoft Office, they will provide you with a complimentary copy of Window Eyes. So as you said, Tom, this would be ideal for a person also, who runs a, a Mac computer? Because the Mac computer is also capable of running Windows. And if you do have Windows along with the Office 2010 or newer, you could then install Window Eyes and you would have both. Right. You can live in both worlds. And I'm on several listservs where people, you know, there is software so you can switch back and forth almost instantaneously uh, between the operating systems, copy and pasting. So people that are really power users actually live in both worlds. Now, Tom, uh, with some of the colleagues that you have who do run on their Macintosh computer and they run both Windows and uh, the Apple operating system, uh, what what is the program that they use to switch from Windows back to their Apple uh, software program? Are they using Boot Camp, or is it something different? I use Boot Camp because I'm too cheap to buy the other one. I, and I, to be quite honest, it starts with an S. Is it Fusion? I forget which one they use. I'm just listening you know, to my listserv for uh, Mac Visionary is the one that I'm subscribed to. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But there's a couple of talking about, but I just use Boot Camp. And when you use Boot Camp, does it work quite well for you just to switch? It just works. You have to quit on one side and then start up on the other side 
But I, once again, I have had absolutely no problems doing that. That's fantastic. Now, one of the things that I've noticed, Tom, is that the Macintosh computers that I have uh, in my home for, for my wife and my two adult children is they are all using MacBook Pros. And these are the really cool, slick-looking Mac notebook computers, and they do look just so nice. But the one thing that I have been so impressed with it is that actually two things. Number one, the durability of these computers. These MacBook computers are extremely durable. And number two, I find that the length of the battery life, it far exceeds my notebook computers that I have. I have two Fujitsu computers that are running Windows. For example, the the duration that one could use the Mac Book Pro, uh, it is probably about three to four hours longer on that battery as compared to my Fujitsu computer. The second thing is that the duration of the PC computers that I have been using for years, they generally last about two years to two and a half years for the notebook computer. And we have two of the three uh, MacBook computers we have, uh, they are over five years old. So do you find that the durability of your Mac computers seems to be quite good? or They, they don't die, basically. What happens is, since I'm working, you know, and I'm, I'm the rich grandfather or whatever, and my wife has nine uh, grandchildren and, and I have two, what happens is it's, we don't just pass down clothing. We pass down computers. So <laughs> I get a new Mac. The old one is given to one of the grandchildren. When I get a new one, theirs is updated. They pass it down to their younger sibling. And they keep keep on going. Right. The, the the Macs that are five years old are still good. Keep on going. I think you said it at the very beginning when you said Macs are more expensive. In one case, you get what you pay for. Uh, Apple really puts a lot of time and effort into design, durability, battery life. And it costs more. Yes. Yes. And another thing that I was very, very pleased with, if you are searching to purchase a Mac, I, I really just strongly recommend go to the Apple store, and you could talk to them, ask them, who is one of the workers in here that really understands the accessibility features for the blind? Every store that I've been to, they have somebody, and they will show you how to do the magnification, how to change the contrast, and how to use a voiceover and if you do choose to purchase a Mac computer, they have the best training program that I have ever experienced. For $99, you can have individualized, one-on-one -on -one Mac training one hour per week for an entire year. So you can have 52 hours of individualized training, and these guys are so helpful, and it, it, it is something that makes it so much more comfortable because if you have a question or you're having a problem with something, uh, I have had situations where I would call that person and they would just tell me, oh, this is what you need to do. Or you could write these questions down or record them in a digital audio recorder. And when you go next week, they help you to solve these. So, you know, it's really, really helpful. 
Now, Tom, what about the first thing? When you did get your computer, um, what do you remember? I, you might not even remember this because you, you may not use these keystrokes anymore, but what were the keystrokes that you used to turn on the magnifier? Uh, the magnifier, the e well, there's various keystrokes to do it, but you simply hold down the control uh, key on your keyboard and turn the mouse wheel up or down. Exactly. You know, that's, that's the same one that... All there, that's all there is to it. Yes, and it was so simple. So even with a notebook computer, one of the things that we do is that we just plug in a mouse and that makes it a little bit easier for my kids to use. But uh, when I did have some vision, you could hold down the control, roll the wheel on the mouse, and you could increase and decrease the magnification. And also, with another set of keystrokes, you could change the color of the background. Uh, Tom, did you ever use the black background with white letters, or did you keep it in I'm a color? I'm a strange guy that black on white which is the reason I got my Mac Plus, because it was the only computer 30 years ago that had black print on a white background. And that's what I use. So I don't use the end, but that's easy. You hold down the command uh, option key and eight, I think, one of those. I don't use it, but once again, very simple key commands to do that. Yes, yes. Now, one of the things that I found to be a bit of a problem with with the Macintosh when they first introduced the magnification feature was that at moderate to high levels of magnification, I noticed that the edges would get a bit blurred. And Dave Kay, I know that AI Squared, they have just released this past year, 2013, I believe it was, they did introduce a ZoomText software program for the Mac. Can you tell us about that? Yes, they did, Doctor. Um, I, I've handed out some demo disks to Mac users, but I don't have any personal experience uh, using the ZoomText with the Mac. Um, and I believe they're still working on the, uh, the voice end of that as well. I don't think they've got the voice. Uh, it's just the magnification at this point. Yes, and what I've noticed, though, is, boy, the magnification that you do get with a Zoom text for Macintosh, it is clear all the way up, all the way up to, yes, it is. you know, 32X or whatever that it is, very, 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 very sharp. And, Dave, you know, the contrast enhancement features to help you to see the mouse pointer and the cursor where you're typing and to change the colors of the background of the text, I thought that those were also superior and very easy to use. Yes, uh, I've much improved over the PC, uh, yes. Yeah, I did Tom. buy ZoomText for the back, Dr. Bill, and you're right, the, the smoothing is is perfect. It's just as good, basically the same ZoomText for the Mac, you get the same features as you do for the PC with all of the color combinations. Of course, I have to get ZoomText from AI Squared. They happen to be in Manchester, Vermont. It's a Vermont company. <laughs> that I am waiting for is that they did say that they are working on the speech output uh, to be able to use the Zoom text speech feature. But, you know, I'm, I'm not so certain that that's absolutely necessary because I've been very, very pleased with the voiceover speech that comes in free 
So we'll have to wait until the voice feature is released on the Zoom text for Mac. Now, Dave, um, what is the price of the Zoom text for Mac? Uh, it's, it's on a, spe- a two-month uh, special right now. With, uh, I think it's about another, another few months, two ninety two ninety nine. But uh, once it gets going, it will be the same price as the PC, which is three ninety five. Now, do they also have a large print keyboard for the Mac? Uh, that I'm not sure. That's a good question. Um, we do have it, of course, with the PC, but uh, I would think that uh, maybe they might. Uh, they should have one. I'll, I'll, let, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had inquired at, at the last time that I saw our rep, and you know, they they really weren't certain about that. So uh, they said, "Well, we'll, we'll get back." to us, then we'll have to let everybody know about that as well. But I, I definitely feel that if a person is partially sighted and they love the Macintosh system but would like a little bit more smoothing of the edges, as Tom stated, uh, the ZoomTex Mac is, is really very, very well worth it. Now, on the other hand there, if a person really has maybe poorer vision and needs to use the voiceover, uh, Tom, what's, what's your feeling? Since you are using JAWS, I, I was taught to use JAWS. What is your feeling at this point in time about voiceover as it compares to JAWS? They're, they work differently, which is fun. It works. I'm trying to, you know, I am quit on a program. I'm hitting Command F4, and then I get home. Oh, that's uh, Control-Q. Uh, but as long as you can get it into your brain the way that the two of them work differently, they are comparable in how you access everything. You just have to remember they're different operating systems and they have a whole different you know, set of com- commands and a whole different almost philosophy of how they're, you know, how they access information. Comparably, you get the exact same thing done. The one thing I think, Dr. Bill, you left out that the tremendous advantage of a Macintosh is that if I go and I visit somebody in Australia and they have a Macintosh, I have total access to it. Any Macintosh in the world. So, and if I'm helping somebody else, the commands are the same. You got a Mac, this is what you do. They can be in England, Denmark, wherever, and they all have access to voiceover. Yes, that is so true because when you're helping a person who's running Windows, you have to take your software and load it and it takes time. Sometimes it doesn't load well, what have you. But with a Mac, you, you have either your magnification or your voiceover speech immediately. Now, tell um, our listeners about the difference, the main difference in, in voiceover on the Macintosh in the sense that you're using your touch screen. You're using different types of finger commands at times to uh, pretend that you're turning a dial on your screen. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about those different features? I can't tell you because I use the iMac. 
I use the desktop version with a 23-inch screen. Okay, so everything that you're using on your iMac, you're just using all keyboard functions. I just use the regular keyboard functions. I bought a touchscreen, but I haven't even hooked it up because I'm just used to, to using the keyboard. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I was very, very surprised about was that with the MacBook Pro, the notebook computers, they do have different features that you can use your fingers, and you could pretend. If you were to pretend that there was a dial similar to the dial that you turn up or down the volume on your radio, if you imagine that that was on your computer screen, you could place your index finger and your thumb on your screen, and you could rotate the knob, and it will change different functions there for you. So that is a very quick and easy way to actually navigate or to search and find different types of functions. Now, you might say, well, if I can't see the screen, how do I know where to put my fingers? The answer is it doesn't matter. The screen can sense that you are using these two fingers, and you are then very, very easily able to manipulate different things. Another feature that I think is really very, very interesting with the MacBook computers that do have the touch screen or a touchpad is that if you put four fingers on the touchpad, for example, the notebook computers from Macintosh, they have a touchpad just below your keyboard. You could put four fingers on that particular touchpad. And let's imagine that you were a person who worked on many, many software programs at one time. Let's say that you have one program that's a spreadsheet. Another program is going to be your word processor. Another screen that you have open is the Internet. And what you can do is you could simply press your four fingers on that touchpad, and you could move four fingers down the pad. And what it does is it allows you to see all of these different screens that you have open on your computer all at one time. So if you are partially sighted, you could very quickly scan from one screen to the next. Now, if you then want to quickly go to your desktop, you could put those four fingers on that touchpad, move your fingers up, and it's going to immediately take you to that desktop. So it's another quick way for you to visually navigate and go from one location to another. Another thing that people also really, really appreciate with VoiceOver on the Macintosh are the voices themselves. When I first heard the voices from the Macintosh computer, I was so impressed because they sounded so human-like. It was just so, so clear. And I know that a lot of people have really stated that that is one of the reasons that they have switched. Uh, what about you, Tom? How, how do you feel about the voices that are on VoiceOver? The voices, if you pay attention, they breathe. And that's that what I, makes I, them. I, I, <laughs> they, they actually do. So when you're, you hear them, if you listen carefully, when they start at the beginning of a sentence, you'll hear Dave take a little breath. It'll go, now, I want to talk about this. What do you think about this? There'll be little breath, so it sounds. You know, when wow. you're hearing talk, you don't even think about that. But when my son heard it at the same time, he said, 
he's breathing. And <laughs> that's exactly it makes it sound more like real live human speech. Listen to it carefully sometimes, and you'll hear him take little breaths right before every sentence. That's amazing. I am going to have to do that. I never noticed that, but I said there's something about this voice that it sounds so realistic that it makes it very, very easy. Now, you know, when I first began to learn to use JAWS, one of the things that I could not stand was eloquence. Eloquence is that voice synthesizer that they use on JAWS. And what I didn't like about it was that it sounded so robotic or so much like a computer. But as I have become more experienced in listening to that particular voice, I have found that when I'm listening at a very fast speed, I seem to be very comfortable listening to eloquence. Now, what about for you, Tom, as you've been using this for a while and as you listen at a faster rate, do you have a preference or do you feel that you could understand the speech at a very fast rate using the natural sounding voices from Apple or uh, the voices that are from eloquence? I use, um, I assume it's eloquence, the one I'm using at work. Um, I speed it up about 50%, JAWS and the Mac as well. Now, the nice thing about the Mac, you hold down the three keys there, the option command control key, and you can switch the pitch, the, you know, the tone, the speed, on the fly instantly. It's very, very easy to change all of those. So when I'm really concentrating, I turn the speed down, and then when I'm just scanning, boy, I I crank it up, and the voices are very easy to hear and understand at a high rate. So whether you're listening to it on your Mac or at work on your PC, uh, both both are very effective when you're listening at that high speed. I think both of them. And I really, I love the Mac, but I'll say, I think they're both equally understandable. I like the sound of the voice on the Macintosh, but as you all know, that's a personal preference, but actually being able to understand what they say, I'd say they're equal. Yes. Well, but another thing that I could say from my experience in using both the uh, Windows computers and also the Macs are that... The speakers that are inside the Macintosh computers, as well as the MacBook Pros, the speakers are much, much better on the Mac computers. The voice, the music, whatever that you hear, it just has so much better definition. Do you you find that to be the case for yourself too, Tom? Absolutely. I mean, it's the same whether you're using a Macintosh or an iPhone or an iPad now that they've added the speakers, they really put the quality in the speakers as well. So it, you know, so you don't necessarily need to use external speakers. And another thing I think that uh, other people who are considering switching or trying a Macintosh is that if you do learn how to use a Mac computer, It'll be that much easier for you to learn to use an iPhone or the iPad or any of these other types of Macintosh Apple devices, and you could then listen to audiobooks, you could listen to music, you could watch movies. All of those things would be much, much easier. 
Now, one of the things that we also see is that a lot of our students who are in college or even in elementary, middle, and high school, they often have difficulties with taking notes. Many times they can't see the dry erase board or the chalkboard. Other times they have difficulties with being able to see what's on their desk as they're reading their textbooks. And I have asked Dave Kay to come on the show tonight to specifically talk about this new product that I have been so, so impressed with. Now, David is the representative for Southern California for a company called Low Vision International, and they are a manufacturer of different types of really nice assistive technology. Now, there's also other, many, many other great companies that make assistive technology, but this company, LVI, is the first company and the only company that I have seen that has a video magnification system that will work with both the Mac and a PC. And what it does, it has a camera that you could then plug directly into your Macintosh or your Windows PC, and you could direct a camera, a small camera on there, and you could direct it at the dry erase board, and it will display what's on the chalkboard or dry erase board in extremely, extremely high quality. All of my doctors at the Center for the Parsi decided to say this is the best quality of the image they've ever seen on a video magnifier. So a person who is partially sighted can observe what has been written on the board or a diagram or a photograph. The camera could then be swiveled down on the table, and a person could then read a book. But what I was really also very, very impressed with is that it has the ability to record live video and audio. So I kept thinking about some of these students that we have who are in calculus and how helpful that would be. So, Dave, can you tell our listeners about, uh, first of all, what is the name of this product, and can you say some of the other features that I left out? But it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Bill. You covered uh, some of the salient features for sure. Just a quick intro there. Um, Low Vision International, their uh, trade model is the uh, MagniLink, MagniLink products. We have the MagniLink Vision, which is a series of desktop uh, video magnifiers, which, by the way, you can also connect to PC and Mac if you wish. And then uh, what uh, Dr. Bill is mentioning there is the MagniLink Student. And the Student um, is, has three models, and um, it, all of these are high definition. And it's full high definition. What I mean by that is, it's high definition and the full range of magnification. In the case of the student, new generation, which we're talking about, the minimum magnification is 1.4, and you can continuously zoom and push a button all the way out to 75x, and it's full HD. Uh, the, the other features about it are you can save various uh, images, there's a JPEG, a GIF, a TIFF, a bitmap, and the um, MWV for the uh, media recording, and uh, I think the other one's a PNG uh, graphic. So you've got a wide range of images you can save on the computer. Uh, in addition to rotating 
to the whiteboard or the blackboard and pointing down for reading and writing, you can actually continue turning the camera and then point it at yourself. Um, most, of the lady, most of the ladies insist on low magnification immediately. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's a very versatile unit. The camera itself weighs less than four pounds. It's 3.75 pounds. And you have the option of connecting it to um, a high-definition monitor, monitor only. That's one model. We have another model that will not only connect to the monitor, you can connect it to a laptop or a desktop. But uh, generally, we connect it with a desktop because that gives us full portability. And the um, power that's required by the video camera is provided w uh, through a, a USB 3 connector to your laptop. Uh, to my knowledge, this is the only company that's got a USB 3 connection. And um, if you're interested, what that means is uh, you have eight conductors instead of four, which means you can send and receive data simultaneously. And the, uh, with it being high, uh, high definition, it's a 720p uh, progressive, and the image is presented to the, uh, uh, the, the monitor uh, at 60 frames a second. And uh, it's, a, it's a superior image, as Dr. Bill pointed out. Um, comes with a two-year guarantee. And uh, the other option I didn't mention, I'll keep leave it to the last, is the third model. is the same thing as the last one I mentioned with the monitor and the uh, com computer. It, by the way, you can only use one or the other. Uh, but with this third option, you still have the monitor option and the uh, com uh, laptop computer option, but you also have uh, OCR capability. Now, the OCR uh, allows you to, each unit is shipped with two languages. Uh, altogether, there are nine languages that you can get uh, for the OCR engine, and uh, it, it, it comes standard with two. You just select the ones you want. That's really, really amazing. <laughs> and, you know, so the, it, it, you know, the reason I wanted all of you to be able to hear about this is that this not only shows that Apple and Macintosh have taken the lead by incorporating these software-accessible programs into their computers, but now we see that the other manufacturers of assistive technology are now putting their research into uh, Apple and Macintosh and now we, we have what I believe is really the, the most superior video magnification system. Uh, this, again, it does work with both a Windows or Macintosh, but this is really by far uh, just outstanding image quality. I believe that I have read someplace when I was reading about it, these are Sony cameras, so they're very high-definition cameras. And it, it, it's portable so that students could take it to school, they could take it home. People who work could take it to work and back home. Um, you know, being that it's four pounds, less than four pounds, you said, it, it's very, very portable and it's just awesome. So all in all, at this point in time, I think that we all should investigate some of the benefits of Macintosh. And I'd like to open it up. We have time for a few questions. Uh, Dave and Tom, do you guys have time to answer a few questions from some of our callers? I sure do, yes. Okay, great. we got about five minutes. 
So if any of you have questions for David K. or Tom Frank, um, go ahead and unmute your phone by pressing star six, and go ahead and ask your question, and we'll do our best to give you the answers. Yes, I have a question. Yes, please go ahead. Thank you. Yes, I was wondering, is there any uh, books that I could get on Mac, uh, learning the Mac, like, say, uh, for to use the computer? The voiceover tutorial comes with the Macintosh when you do it. There's a good voiceover tutorial. Uh-huh. Uh, and... I recommend whenever you get a Macintosh or PC, uh, make sure you join a listserv. Uh-huh. And because no matter what you do, there'll be something that you won't know how to do. And there are hundreds of people literally around the world that will help you, you know, if you have a specific program. How do I do such and such? And they'll they'll tell you. So Macintosh has built-in uh, help screens build-in voiceover tutorial, but I always recommend to join a listserv and get, you know, a whole community out there that can help you. Yes, and I know that when I purchased the new Macintosh and just listened to the tutorial that came with it, it really got me going there right away. Now, Tom or David, do either of you have some recommendations of some listservs that she might join so that she could begin to uh, learn how to use the Mac. I also want to remind you, I think the best way to learn the Mac is to pay $99 and to get those individual training sessions if you live close enough to an Apple store. But Dave and Tom, do you guys have a recommendation of particular Mac listservs? Mac Visionary. That's the one, the main one. And be ready. You get about a hundred uh, or forty, fifty, up to a hundred uh, uh, posts per day on it. So I make a separate uh, folder on the in Mac Mail. So it puts all of those into one folder. Also, I have another question. I have an iPhone, and is it easy for someone? that has an iPhone to transition over to a Mac computer. Or uh, I'm still on the fence like I was debating, you know, should I go to the i, you know, to an i, to the computer or to a laptop. And, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll start out with uh, the one that just has the, you know, CPU. And then I have a, uh, I was just going to get the, uh, keypad, and then I have a large monitor, and I was thinking maybe that's a good way of transitioning in. Yeah, I could answer that particular question. At our center, we have many, many people who have iPhones. Okay. The iPhone has given them the confidence that they can use the phone, they can get onto the Internet, and by going directly to a Macintosh computer makes things simpler as compared to going to a Windows computer. And what I have seen, the the things that make that easier are that for many of the things that you might be listening to, say that you're listening to books that you purchase from iTunes or there's music that you listen, 
all of these things will go through that particular same program, and it makes it much easier to transfer. As far as the types of computers that a lot of our patients have purchased, a lot of them are on a fixed income, and the Mac Mini, the Mac Mini is yeah. a very affordable little box. It's Tom, would you say it's about the size of a videotape? Somebody about said it looks like a toaster. Size. Yeah, about a, a, a small book. And yeah, then, or of a course, toaster. You already have the the monitor and the keyboard and all that and the mouse. You just plug them in. Yes, and you don't need a special keyboard. You don't need a special mouse, and you don't need a special monitor. So if you have people who have extra mouses, keyboards, or monitor, you could buy the Mac Mini. And, again, the Mac Mini, it's much smaller than a toaster. It's close, as Tom stated, to the size of a small book. And I believe that they're, I believe that they're about $600. I think so. I haven't. I haven't priced one lately, but yeah, they're fairly, uh, yeah, fairly reasonable. And you might find somebody once again that's updating. You know, put the word out, friends and whatever. See what's out there. Yes, absolutely. And another thing too is that if you are a client of the Department of Rehabilitation, we find that they are also very supportive of of uh, Macintosh products as well. Good questions. Does anybody else have a question? Yes, I do. This is Jeannie, and uh, I, I was very interested to hear you ask about a large print keyboard. And I don't know about any, but we have, I, I just love what I have. It's a keyboard cover. Number one, if you spill anything on it, it won't uh, hurt it. It is beautiful. It uh, cost me about $20, $25. I got it at one of the ex- exhibitions at the CCLPI of the ATP conference, and it's beautiful, black, bolt, bolt on white, vegetable people. Take it off, uh, rinse it off in, in, in sink if it gets dirty. It's amazing because I cannot take anything on keyboard under it. Um, so they're available online also. Uh, I hope that's helpful. But a savior yeah. for me, and a, a second thing that also found at uh, one of the exhibitions was the flashlight that you can plug into your keyboard, and it flexes enter over the keyboard. You can it up wherever you want. Um, I need extra light to see that, so that's available price was fifteen dollars. Um, and I know we're running out of time. Jenny. Hold on there just one moment because your phone is breaking up, but I want to make certain everybody gets this Okay, I'm going to pick up and use the handset because I was on a speaker and I have had people tell me that. Oh, this, uh, is, this is much better. But what Jenny was stating is that she found a layover, a plastic layover. That's what in I large felt. Yeah, print me too. I didn't that, hear her say that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, and I've had it on there for uh, two years. We bought an extra one in case. And the flex light is is amazing also if you don't have real bright light behind you. Um, And and all the things you went over are amazing because I I have a 24-inch, the older uh, iMac. I I think it's six, seven, eight years old. uh, And it still works perfectly. And I was holding up a 6X magnifier trying to read anything. I've never been able to read more than one word, so I'm 
so excited to learn about that magnification and Zoom text and all of that. Um, one thing that, that um, uh, wasn't covered that uh, I hope maybe we can I can find out about is which is the best email program. Google Mail drives me crazy. If you enlarge the print on there, then you can only read part of it. And you can, they just don't have a bar at the bottom to move it left or right. So um, that was uh, uh, well. Let's maybe. ask. Uh, yeah, that's a great question, Tom. Do you have any recommendations about email programs? She did like Eudora, but she's having problems with Gmail. Uh, I just use I use mail, uh, you know the, mail? the mail program that comes uh, with the Macintosh operating system. My, oh, okay. However, my email is uh, I use Google Mail, and I do recommend Google Mail as your source because then when you change wherever you go, Google Mail uh, follows you, so you can just keep the one. One email, and you don't have to keep changing all the time. Right. Thank you. Lately, uh, have you noticed that there's all kinds of pop-ups that come up, and then I can't find the little tiny X to get rid of them? I haven't had any problem with Gmail, no spam, nothing. Okay. One more quick question. Uh, so many websites time me out. If I go to my bank, if I go to read uh, my medical stuff, they time me out and sign me off. Is there any way to turn that sort of thing off so they can't time you out? Uh, don't know. Just keep moving. Usually you have to. <laughs> you have I'm no serious. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have to, uh, you know, be entering something, doing something on that website because it detects inactivity and it'll log you out. Okay, so it's the inactivity that signs me off. The inactivity that logs you out, yes. Okay. So even if you move the mouse, it's still going to time you out? You have to do a keystroke? Yeah, usually you're having to enter something in a field or, or, or moving or at least moving around, going from screen to screen. If not, if you just leave it there, yeah, it'll knock you out. Okay, what if you have a touchpad because it, it, I could move it left to right so I could read? It's changing pages. Yeah, yeah. And answer. Experiment. <laughs> okay. Yes, I Alrighty. believe that. I believe that you have to type or you have to click. Okay. Click. Do something. Yes. Okay. Okay. We have time for one more question, please. Does anybody else have a question for? Do you have input? I have one thing I just discovered. This is Dennis, the genie's better half. Uh, I found there's an application put out by the government called iNote. It'll go on your uh, iOS device, uh, your phone or your iPad, and it takes a picture of any currency and will read to you what the value is, anything from $1 to $100. You never told me. I just discovered yesterday. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, if anybody has a hard time figuring out what currency they have in their pocket uh, and you have an iPhone, try i uh, I know, E-Y-E-N-O-T-E. And, Dennis, where did it's you find that? It's on the App Store. On, on the what? It's on the App Store for the iPhone. Okay, iPhone applications? Okay, yes. great. Well, that's great information. Yeah, the iNote. 
And how much is that? Is that free or is it 99 cents or $10? Absolutely free. Oh, that's great information. Government gives you something for free for a change. <laughs> that's one put out by the Treasury Department. Yes, it is. Well, that's great, great news. Well, I want to thank uh, all of you for joining us this evening. And we'd also like to thank Mr. Dick Burden from Airs LA. This podcast is being recorded and it will be available at the Airs Alley website at www.airs, that's A-I-R-S-L-A.org. It will also be on the CCLVI website and also ACB Radio. I want to thank uh, Mr. David Kay. And Dave Kay, if anybody has questions, do you have contact information where they might ask you questions about the Zoom text for Mac or the MagnaLink student new generation? Yeah, I've got a website that's under construction. It will be ready shortly. In the interim, I have an 800 number that should work all across the country. It's 800-611-1132. So, again, 800-611-1132. And thank you for having me on, Dr. Bill. Oh, thank you for that information. And last but definitely not least, Tom Frank, I want to thank you for all your expertise and do you have uh, a contact information that you'd be willing to share so if anybody has questions, they could contact you? Very easy to remember. I'm VermontTom at gmail.com. Vermont spelled out E-R-M-O-N-T-T-O-M at gmail.com. Just remember, Vermont Colt, Vermont Tom, just think when it's really hot how cool it is up here. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Again, I want to thank everybody for participating this evening, and we hope that you join us next month we bring you more Let's Talk Low Vision. Thank you, thank and you good so night, much. everybody.